Hello, and welcome to Beyond Prospecting, the Apper podcast, featuring thought-provoking conversations with prospect development and fundraising experts. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest Apper podcast. This year, I've had the pleasure to chair the team working on Apper's newest virtual event, Plug Into Prospect Research, which will take place November 1st and 2nd. This event is perfect for professionals of all levels to hone their prospect research skills without the travel and expense of an in-person event. So whether you've been in the industry for years or just getting started, register now and get excited to learn from your home or your office. I want to thank Target Analytics, a division of BlackBot Inc. They are a key sponsor and supporter of this event. Today, we're welcoming Michael Quevely, Senior Consultant for Target Analytics to the podcast. He's going to talk about mid-level giving and how to incorporate it into your planning as a prospect researcher. Also with this, Kelly Ryuda, Director of Prospect Research for the University of Washington. Kelly is a faculty member for Plugin and also chairs APRA's online curriculum committee. So she knows firsthand how impactful it can be to engage APRA members through online learning. She will be on hand to collaborate with the registrants ahead of the event and to present two research-focused sessions across November 1st and 2nd. Michael, what do we need to consider when it comes to mid-level giving? Well, for me, this has been a big topic, and I think, you know, a really great group of prospects that uh, we can no longer really ignore. I mean, you know, I think of it this way. We do really well with the top of the pyramid. You know, that's the major and principal giving, and that's, you know, the work that, you know, we traditionally have been focused on, in on as prospect researchers. And then there's the annual fund, that bottom part of the pyramid. That's where our annual giving, and they've been doing well. But now I think about that whole group in the middle. And, and actually, I've been there as a donor. This happened to me last December. I, I was kind of thinking, you know, I don't feel like an annual donor, but, okay, let's be honest, Michael, you're not a major donor. So who am I? And as soon as I said that, I went, oh, we don't want our donors ever asking, who am I with your organization? Um, the other, because the competition for donors, I think, is so strong is, what are you doing? Because I donate to multiple organizations. So my thought is, what are you doing to keep my head turned towards your organization? Uh, so what additional hand-holding connections uh, are we doing with this group? And traditionally, that's going to be a very large population. So who do we identify and how do we identify maybe that top tier of people within that level? Uh, who better than those of us in prospect development who are doing the prospect research, we're doing the analytics, we're doing the prospect management. So these people would be great and will be your future major gift prospects. But how do we do it? Because I don't know about the two of you, but I remember my days is I always felt like I was tap dancing as fast as I can, just working with my major and principal giving prospects. So, Kelly, what are you doing at the University of Washington? 
Well, this is a really interesting timing for us because this past summer, our annual philanthropy team was completely restructured under the new leadership by our analytics director and um, APRA's past president, Jennifer McCormick. So she went from being a part of the prospect development team here to leading this new annual philanthropy team um, with a real focus on getting this, what we call leadership giving um, segment. And so we are right now working on, she's working on defining exactly who these people are and the criteria for them. And then together we're looking at um, different processes for how we're going to support them. So our early assumptions is that the um, leadership giving fundraisers will have a portfolio of such and um, my colleague in prospect management is looking at ways that we might support that in a at a level that would be not as work intensive as we track major gifts, but something. Um, and then from the research side, the first thing that we're going to do is um, come up with a plan for loading unverified screening data into um, our CRM, which is something new for us. We've been very hesitant to mm -hmm. do anything unconfirmed, but this information is really vital for her to define these segments, but then will also become vital for the research team to use as an additional indicator against the giving that we assume we'll see from this cohort. So my hope is um, we can start or continue looking at the giving data and then align it with the screening data and see like, oh, there's a big uptick. We can use our analytics that we have, like RFM and velocity, match it on total dollars in the door, and then go, oh, and there's a nice indication that this might be a good major gift prospect. And we will continue our work finding, you know, prospecting for our major gift uh, teams. We also expect that we'll be the concierge between the leadership giving uh, fundraisers and the major gift fundraisers. And that's to say, if, if the leadership team is talking to somebody and feels like I can, they are, this, this donor is asking for more, a bigger, larger relationship, then uh, they will contact research and we'll do to figure out the best match and confirm ratings and all of that and then pass them along to the appropriate person. So that's all um, early stage thoughts and we're really looking forward to talking to some of our peers, how they're handling it and um, Ryan, I'd love to hear what you guys are doing. Yeah, well that, that, sounds, um, that sounds really awesome, Kelly, and I can I just tell you that we are pretty much mirroring the same process, or a lot of the same processes, at least, that you just mentioned. Um, we don't have a history here at City of Hope of actively um, capturing, this is going to sound kind of funny, but we don't have a history here of capturing um, research ratings um, on, a, on a prospect level. So um, for about the last eight months or so, we've been heavily, heavily, um, you know, my team in, in project management has been working hand in hand with those in project research to get as many people rated um, because, as we all know, you need um, a database full of ratings to really kind of get the ball rolling on, on stuff like this. So. That, that's that's one thing I think. In addition to to what you were just saying, uh, another thing that just happened, gosh, 
a couple weeks ago is I was forwarded an email chain from uh, the director here who's in charge of annual giving. And it was, uh, these emails happen, happen frequently, but it's for annual donors who give above $5,000 um, for in, in one instance. So if they, you know, write a check for 5,000 or you know, make an online donation for 5,000, they kind of get triaged into this email chain or email chains. And I was just notified of these, uh, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. And now I'm on this list of people who receive this notification. So this is just another way that we can kind of track these high level annual donors, if you will. Um, and, you know, hopefully dig a little bit deeper into, you know, who they are, what they like, um, and, you know, try to find a match for them, hopefully on, you know, a higher capacity level. And um, so, yeah, I think that we're, we're trying to kind of approach things in a, in a multi-pronged manner. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think it's, it's incumbent upon, you know, researchers and those in the project management field to really kind of look at your data, look and see if they can see patterns, have people given a couple years in a row, three, four or five years in a row, um, you know, and, and, and what kind of assumptions can you make um, that will assist you in, in covering all your bases when you're trying to um, move these individuals kind of up the food chain, if you will. What are your, what are your and thoughts, I, th Michael? I think this is, yeah, I think this is important. And, and I, I, I mean, I actually remember seeing this, actually, you know, come to reality. I, I was, remember seeing this individual, they gave a $500 gift uh, via direct mail and saw it on the gift report. And then their second was, uh, I think around $1,500. And it, the organization that I was at, um, nobody would have looked at anything at $1,500. But for me, it wasn't about the dollar amount. It was the percentage of difference between that and so I took it upon myself to go in and do a little digging and discovered that this individual uh, was extremely wealthy. And 18 months later, uh, she gave $15 million. Um, so wow. I think that, that, again, just kind of goes to show that we're going to have those donors. You know, we... You want me to give more money than communicate and engage with me at that higher level. So uh, we were communicating at that level with that, but by taking it to the next level and going in and now uh, assigning that person and going through, built a relationship, found that passion, and uh, thereby, um, you know, a wonderful uh, relationship developed uh, with that individual. And I can't imagine but that's just a loan case. So, you know, that's great. And I, you know, just to add one more kind of piece to this puzzle. So at city of hope here, we're, we're a healthcare organization and a lot of healthcare organizations do have, you know, grateful patient programs or something similar. And it's absolutely critical that, um, you know, people in your grateful patient population are, are flagged and, and kind of monitored because a lot of times they will give an annual level type gift, um, and if that is not 
um, stewarded or cultivated well, then um, it's it's really something that uh, could could be lost, um, you know, to turn into something bigger down the road. You are really correct because we, I was just talking actually with a couple of clients this week and there, when I was at USC School of Medicine, I dealt with alumni, but I also dealt with patients at the same time. And there's a very, very different, like I have a warm, fuzzy feeling for my alma mater, Stevens College, and I graduated back in 1984. My warm, fuzzy feeling uh, for uh when I was living in Los Angeles, maybe the hospital that I got some care there, not so much anymore. It's, it's for my health care that I'm here in the greater Phoenix area. So I think you're absolutely right, Ryan. Well, you know, there is a sense of urgency that we need to capture that so that they, they maintain and staying that level of affinity. So love that. So Kelly, we spent today focused on one area of prostate research, middle level giving. Uh, what are you going to cover in your session during plug-in? Well, I've got two. And the first one um, is a level one uh, track on just demystifying prospect research. And I thought really hard about how do I approach the kind of first conference at the beginner level, because um, as you know, we'll have two levels going at, at each um, time period. And so I wanted to be mindful of the fact that uh, beginning research at this stage could mean a lot of things. Some people maybe just started, but some people maybe started six months ago, a year, three years ago. So what I'm focusing on is really a broad overview of the fundamentals of research and focusing on why we do it, why it's important. And I'm going to be interviewing uh, various frontline colleagues that I have because I think it's really important for us to hear from our users' perspectives why we make their jobs easier. And I'm hoping that by hearing these stories, it will kind of create some context for what the rest of the conference will bring, but also bring some inspiration and get everybody excited, um, as they should be, because it's a pretty cool field. Um, then at the end of the conference, I'm going to be talking about communicating our research, um, specifically focusing on translating information into action. Um, our field is seeing a a really great amount of evolution from, you know, basic answering questions, um, sending your uh, requests through a queue and answering and sending them back to really more about developing relationships with our fundraisers and delivering information that will translate into making them more efficient. And so I want to look at some things that can be very small like um, basic communication skills. Um, I'm a librarian by training, so I want to talk about um, something that I think we all know, uh, which is people rarely ask for what they really want, and so how we can get around some of that. And then also get to how we report this information out. And this can be done in Excel in very simple ways that can look really impressive, and taking our roles as um, information gatherers, and then translating that into knowledge and action. So rather than the old school way of maybe sending somebody this giant list, let's do some analysis with this. Let's give an extra piece 
that says, okay, you can have your list of information, but let me tell you what all of this says. So I'm really excited for this. That sounds fantastic. Thanks, Kelly. Um, so Kelly and Michael, why would you suggest someone sign up for plugin? What are they going to, what are they going to get out of the experience? What, are, what can they take away? Well, I'll, I'll chime in here. Um, first of all, uh, prospect uh, development and, and furthering our education, I think, is so key. No other area in fundraising, um, kind of what you were kind of really referring to, Kelly, no other area has changed, I think, as much as the work that we do. Uh, I think because we're incorporating not only you know that new but that advanced in there there's there's information for everybody and for years when i was on the new researchers symposium faculty i would see people who were directors all of a sudden be coming in and going oh my gosh why are you here and it's like you know i have been leading i have been managing the the shop but uh i need to I need to get into this. I need to learn more or I need to get a refresher. So for me, I think this plug-in event is a great resource for people at all levels. I can't imagine not doing it. I agree, Michael. Um, I am a obviously a big supporter of not only APRA as a learning and sharing community, um, but online learning. Um, and what I'm most excited is to help build more connections between all of us professionals in another space. Um, we have the annual conference, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, we have Prospect L, which is another great resource. But I'm hoping that this uh, kind of conference can allow us to just find another way to communicate with each other and share the information. Um, this is one of the most sharing communities that I've ever been in in all of my uh, professional <laughs> career. And so I'm really excited to see people um, kind of jump into that. And I think that we've got a really good start with um, adding, you know, you join the conference, you sign up, um, we'll get a discussion forums going. So everybody already, I've been watching people um, introduce each other and it's been really helpful to me as a faculty member, but I think really beneficial to everyone to start meeting your peers around the country. Yeah, that's, that's great, Kelly. And Michael, I, I agree with, with everything you guys said. Um, thank you both for your time today and to Target Analytics. Uh, this has really been great. Uh, before I close this out, I want to let folks know they can visit www.apperhome.org backslash plugin to learn more and register for this event. We hope to see you soon online. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beyond Prospecting, the APRA podcast. To discover all that APRA has to offer, visit aprahome.org. For links to content featured in this episode, check out the show notes. If you like the show and want to help others find us, please subscribe to and rate us on iTunes. Until next time. <laughs>